Greetings from Studio 47 at Augustana University, and welcome to Calling All Years Good, a podcast exploring vocation throughout the lifespan. I'm your host and narrator, Ann Rosendale, campus pastor and proud graduate of Augustana. As we shift our focus from the busy juggling of middle adulthood, we turn our attention to the chapter of life known as later adulthood. More commonly called retirement, this stage marks a significant vocational upheaval. Work and career are no longer the defining pieces of one's identity, and adults in their 60s and 70s are asking questions similar to the ones they wrestled with in their young adult years. Who am I? Where do I find joy and purpose? What am I doing with my life? We caught up with two beloved members of the Augustana community who are just beginning their journey into later adulthood. Rob and Angie Oliver have been a part of life at Augustana for over 25 years. Following a successful career in banking in Sioux Falls, Rob taught in the university's business department. His influence grew as a member of the Board of Trustees, and most recently, Rob spent 12 years serving as Augustana's 23rd president. Two years ago, Rob and Angie embarked on a new leg of the journey, retirement. We brought them back to campus for just a day to sit with me in Studio 47 and give us a glimpse of life in this chapter. How is it to be back on campus? It's always good to be back on campus. So what's life been like since retirement from Augustana? It's been great. It's been really good. (laughs) I think that one cannot anticipate what it's going to be like. I mean, you really can't Mm -hmm. prepare as much as you think you might be able to. You just have to live through it and enjoy it and adjust to it. I think that's the key is that there's a big adjustment. You know, we both had jobs when we were in high school. And I mean, I started working my first job when I was 14 years old. And then you retire and you think, you know, oh my gosh, I've been working for 50 years. And so you don't just stop doing that and without some adjustment. I'm curious what you miss most about your work, Rob. The people. Um, the kids. Obviously, you miss the relationships with people that, that you've grown close to and care about. And yeah. well, and it's, it's something different now to know that as you come on campus, that in a very short period of time, none of the students will know who we are, which is okay, but also a little bit sad because we enjoy that, those relationships. Mm-hmm. Angie, what did life look like for you when Rob was president, and how has that changed? We're not rushing to events all the time now. As we drove down here, I thought of all the times I kind of raced down here for a meeting or an event a little late, maybe, and trying to get a parking place. But we're we're just, our time is much more our own. Um, it was busy. It was centered around Augustana events. And um, now it's not. Now it's more our choice. Yeah. So, well, I think the key is that it seemed like before we were in a hurry much of the time. Mm-hmm. And now we're in much less of a hurry most of the time. Do you have a, is there a typical day in retirement for you? I think we tried to keep routine. Um, I think getting up every day, going somewhere, I think that helps. I think it helped Rob. Are there things that have surprised you about retirement? Yep. (laughs) Just, yes, they have. Um, the things we thought we were going to do immediately, we have not done. We were going to take this long road trip. It has not happened. I don't even see it being planned quite yet. But what we thought we were going to do is not what we did. 
One question that surfaces almost immediately for people in later adulthood is how to spend their time in ways that both honor this new gift of rest and feel fulfilling. Newfound free time can cause one to feel like a fish out of water, especially when a busy career has abruptly ended. Um, I got some, I think, really good advice um, from uh, J.R. Smith, who, who, when he retired, he told me, he said, Robbie said, when you retire, you're going to find that there's this space, empty space on your calendar, and it might cause anxiety that empty space because you're so used to having a full calendar and he said don't be in a hurry to fill it up in other words adjust to that and and enjoy that enjoy that you're not in a hurry enjoy that you don't have eight things on your calendar that has to get done you know you also actually declined a few board or volunteer positions he was very selective because he listened to those words of advice about the empty calendar and he didn't fill it how did you decide the things that you would do or would not do well i think that um you have to let your passion kind of drive you um and your interest so which the two are the i think linked to one another but um you know what are the things that really are of interest to you and that you can be passionate about and and really put yourself into um as opposed to just signing up to be busy and so i think you know we we chose a couple and said no to a bunch of others and that way there's something on the calendar that keeps me busy keeps my brain engaged um keeps me thinking uh, about something else which is a very good thing. Another gift that later adulthood brings is opportunity for reflection, to think about how one's life has twisted and turned, surprised and astonished, to bring you where you are today. I've often said that you can see the work of the Holy Spirit in your life through, in hindsight, much easier than you can in the present. I'm probably unusual in that um, I worked for the same organization for 28 years. Uh, That doesn't happen often anymore. It was actually a moment of disappointment where I didn't get the promotion I thought I might get that actually opened my eyes to leaving. And what a blessing because I came to Augustana. Angie, I'm curious, sometimes someone outside of oneself can see the Holy Spirit at work better than we ourselves can. How have you seen Rob be called throughout his life? He seems to be more perceptive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He seems to feel that more than I do. I feel, not that I don't feel it, but he has attributed career moves strongly to that, and I've sort of followed that, you know, and and reacted to what he led and trusted that he was right. Being a spouse in general and the spouse of a prominent community leader more specifically, is its own kind of calling. I asked Angie about her sense of vocation. I know when we had our second child, and we were pretty young, and he was named president of, uh, what were you named president of? President of Sioux Falls Banks, yeah. Which was sort of big, and he was a little young for this, and I knew right then that this was going to be a bigger job than it had his job had been. And I was dealing with two little kids, and 
he was going to be gone more. And I, at that point, kind of gave up my licensing for dental hygiene and focused more on the family. So he kind of launched his career. So much of mine has been following his, but, um, and I used to really worry, like, they're going to kindergarten, I'm going to be lost, my life is ending, they're going to kindergarten, then they're going to high school, and it's never going to, then they're going to college, and they're leaving, and I really worried about the transitions, because that was more my life's activity, they always took care of themselves, and that was probably God at work, right there, filling in the empty spaces, it was a board uh, at PTA, or it was, you know, a Bible study I was involved in um, that took extra study. So I've quit worrying about transitions. They take care of themselves. I've told more parents that it will take care of itself. Well, and I feel I need to say that um, Angie's vocation as a, a full-time mom and a homemaker enabled me to do that I, the things that I did. And I appreciate that, and mm-hmm. I recognize that, that it couldn't have happened without her doing the the job that she did. I love that you use the word we mm-hmm. when you talk about the decisions that you make. That's intentional. We're in this together and if if as an example if I commit to something then that means that she her time is also restricted. So You know what though Ann when he says we about motorcycles that's <laughs> it's really not we. <laughs> well, there's certain things that, yeah. That is kind of, I want a motorcycle. And I'm like, oh, I'd really rather not have another motorcycle. <laughs> so th- that is inaccurate. That's all, Rob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While motorcycling may be the product of a midlife crisis for some, this is hardly the case for Rob, who's been passionate about biking since he was young. Now in retirement, it's something that he and Angie can enjoy more often. I learned to drive on a motorcycle back when I was 14. I, my first license was a motorcycle license. And so, you know, we, a group of friends, we rode around the Black Hills together and rode the fire trails together on dirt bikes. And so we had a, had a lot of fun with motorcycles back in those times. And I guess it was back in 2000, I started again. Hmm. Later adulthood affords retirees more time for joy and delight. For Rob and Angie, that means cultivating relationships with family and friends. I think what's surprising is how timely this retirement was because we had one baby, well, a grandbaby born in June. Rob's dad had some health issues and had to be moved. It took quite a few weekends helping last year. Um, we have My another. passed away last April. Yeah. yeah, your mother died in California. That took some time. We have another baby coming for Laura in weeks now. It was like the family needs have really become our priority right now. Talk a little more about grandparenting. So you have two and one on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a joy. <laughs> what a blessing. High it's, energy. Yeah, it's a really neat gig. I think that, again, the timing uh, to be available... You know, last summer our, uh, when our daughter had their second child, um, we were able to spend a lot of time in Wisconsin and we were able to take some of the pressures off of her so that she could focus on the new baby. And, you know, whether that was just playing with Ivan or taking him to the condo to be with us or whatever. Making food. Yeah. Going to the park. Mm. It was just, uh, it was great to have the time and, so that we could be present. I think that's a real key is that we were present when she needed us. Grandparenting is a good example of others calling vocation out of us, rather than us manufacturing our own callings. 
in many ways, vocation happens to us. It's out of our control. We can't force it or will it into being. Vocation often surprises us, and if we're open, it will almost always delight us. I'm wondering what advice you might give to those who are thinking about retiring or maybe newly retired. You're still newly retired, really. Yeah, we are. Well, we read this article once. Uh, of course, it had all the same general advice about saving. And one of the things that convicted us was uh, the notion that you should talk about it. I think that's a real key is for partners to talk to one another about what it is that your dreams are for the for your retirement years. Because you might find out they're really different. And that would be, you don't want to discover that later. You want to, you want to talk about it. And work through that you know there's not a lot of preparation for retirement um and in this role rob had to keep it quiet you know you just can't even you can't verbalize that you usually can't in most jobs you can't verbalize that i'm retiring until you're really ready to do it. it it would be good to i think for people if they had a friend or two who'd been ahead of them doing it and maybe one that was shortly behind them in retirement and to have some connection. Rob's actually got some newly retired friends that they Mm -hmm. get together on Friday morning and Monday night and they're coming there like it's a religious experience. They aren't missing this, I'll tell you, and they get together, those retirees, so they need to uh, put that on their calendar. I think it helps them have something on their calendar and these are some high-power positions they've retired from, so I think it's really good they have each other. And I don't interfere. I just say, go go have your beer on Monday and go have your breakfast on Friday. I think the Augie years were a lot of giving to others, giving our time to students, to events, to everything that Augustana needed, and that was the calling. But I think we've taken this to just... I. I almost hate to say the word, but be a little selfish. I think we both felt kind of a need to just step back and nurture ourselves. One of our college president's friends, Rick Torgerson from Luther, retired ahead of us, and he said, I didn't realize how tired I was until I retired, until I stopped. And he had some health issues, too. Luckily, we've Mm -hmm. kind of made it through that. But you just need to—we needed to refuel personally. And I don't want it to be selfish. I don't think it will be, but— We'll find some more new serving others in need type of roles as we go forward. Yeah. But again, it's nice to not be in a hurry to Mm -hmm. feel like you have to do that immediately. That Again, live into that empty space on your calendar a little bit. And and I think um, the adventure of life is is still there. I mean, uh, there's lots ahead of us that we don't know yet. There's a lot of unknown ahead, and that's exciting at the same time. Uh, you could get all worried about it, and it could be daunting, but it's not. I mean, it's exciting. Thanks again for listening and for thinking about your own vocation along with Rob, Angie, and me. More stories are coming, so stay tuned. Take good care, and God bless. God bless.